0: Hi there, I'm Tony Reese, and welcome to another episode of Humanized Profit. In this episode, I am joined by Dan Hoke, who is the Director of Business Development for the Doubletree by Hilton Reading, as my co host today. Well, hello, Tony. Well, hello, Dan. And we have a special guest with us, Kyle Allison, who is just this. Superstar that has joined the Doubletree by Hilton Redding and also he has uh, his own very wildly popular podcast series Hospitality MD. Kyle Allison. Welcome to the podcast.
1: It is my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you both for having me. I've been wanting to do this with you for probably almost a year now or more. So thanks for having me.
0: You're absolutely welcome. I just want to hear about your journey. You have had one heck of a journey getting here to the double tree why don't you tell us a little bit of your story you want me to start at the beginning wherever you want to start
1: okay well i always will preface this my mom introduced me to hospitality at a young age uh she's been a flight attendant for a long time
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh been with united for 38 years so i was had exposure to hospitality and travel from a young age and actually When I was probably about six years old, I turned my parents' house into a hotel. And while other kids were out playing sports and doing stuff like that, I was actually giving my parents daily stayover service, housekeeping in their rooms, um, in-room dining, everything. I was playing a hotel. And then I actually became a hotelier uh, when I was 17. I got my first job at the front desk of a 310 room golf resort uh, that was near my house. And uh, from there I worked my way up. Um, Long story short, I've worked, this is my 10th hotel. Um, And I've worked in a variety of of hotels in downtown Chicago, ranging and other states as well, ranging from 146 rooms all the way up to 1200 rooms. hospitality and hotels are just my everything and I'm so happy to be here at the number one Doubletree because this is the place to be.
0: It certainly is. So why hospitality? I mean what what components of hospitality even at a young age were you drawn to? What what about it attracts you?
1: I think there is a um, kind of just inherent nobility in the profession of hospitality um, that exists because we are facilitating people's most intimate uh, moments in their lives. So when people stay in hotels, they are typically riddled with anxiety because they're in an unfamiliar location. Staying in a place that's not their home with people they don't know. um, They're naked and vulnerable in our hotels. They're trusting that the food we give them will not make them sick and they're trusting that nobody's going to open up their door in the middle of the night and hurt them. So we have like just a very, um, very important role to play for individuals. And then also in the community um, you know, the role of a hotel is that of a Mecca where people gather um, and just, they do business. They celebrate their memories and important things in their lives. And it's a business that never closes. So, I just I don't believe that the role of a hotel in a community is replaceable, and I don't believe that the role of a hotel in our individual lives are really replaceable either so there's just it's
2: just such a noble profession
0: Dan were you always attracted to hospitality?
2: For me, hospitality was an opportunity to get in front of people and perform okay. always has been mm-hmm. so um, from a, a self-centered point of view, it gave me the satisfaction of being able to uh, Engage with someone and perform, but the fulfilling part was their appreciation of whatever great service I was giving them So it inspires me as I know it does Kyle to give great service to people um, Because we know we're doing more when to his point when they're on the road and vulnerable and out there and away from their their nesting spot They're out and and here we are to help provide them with some of the things to make them comfortable like they're being at home so there's a lot of satisfaction in not only just engaging them and entertaining them, but knowing that um, you're making them comfortable. So it does, I think, take a little bit of a special breed of a person um, to do that. I, I'm a nurturer, um, and, I, and I like to give. And I think there's a lot of givers in our industry who, who like to feel that, um, the joy of giving as part of why they do what they do.
0: You have been introduced to many, many, many hotels. You end up here at the Double Tree by Hilton Redding. So, if you could give us for this particular episode, the short version, how did you get here?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, the abridged version of that would be um, like I said, I started out when I was 17. I worked at this front desk of the hotel. And um, within, and this was, I was in high school at the time. So, I would go to school get off school, change into my suit, go to the hotel, uh, work until 11, 12, 1 a.m., depending on what was going on, go home, maybe go to first period the next day, maybe sleep through it, and then just repeat the cycle. And On the weekends, I would do Friday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday morning. So I was always here at the point of impact in my at my first hotel job doing whatever it took in six months i was a front office supervisor and in that position that was a manager on duty role for the hotel so um i remember being 17 or 18 and uh it was a sunday morning and it was like and this was a struggling asset by the way um so i was speaking with a really upset guest and she was like you know Who's running this place? I was like it that it hit me, took me by surprise. I was like, uh, I guess I am uh, And it really just taught me a lot about how to make it happen when there's nobody else around and um you know, how to just like kind of take ownership um, and exist in the hotel as if it's yours and and um, I was able to make a lot of uh upset people happy through that method and I just fell in love with it. Um and then I went to Iowa where I was in college. Um and I worked at a hotel there, uh two hundred eighty six room corporate run Marriott Hotel, uh in front office supervisor role. And uh I just I knew that I just loved hospitality. And I wanted to do it at that point. So I got to the point where I would just told my department had put me on the schedule whenever I'm not going to class anyway I was just so all in on hotels um, so I, I did that I ended up dropping out of school and then moving back to Chicago this time in the sub- or this time not in the suburbs but in the city to play with the big dogs I wanted to be in a top 25 market. Um, so I worked at an embassy Suites Chicago downtown as a housekeeping supervisor. I was 19 and I was overseeing 65 room attendants public area attendance laundry attendance um, and house persons. And that was a great experience. Um, from there I went to the Wit hotel, which was actually the number two double tree in the portfolio, um, where I actually took a step back. I started out as a front desk agent and, um, I w- was there until I became a front office manager and a department head, um, and that was a that was a great experience. I worked at the Drake as a front office manager, which is a 535 room 100 year old grand dame type of hotel. and I did some task force opportunities. I was a director of rooms at an airport hotel in California, and then I was a front office manager at a 1200 room convention hotel in san San Diego. Um, and yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it from actually big piece here uh over the summer this past summer of 2021, I accepted my first general manager position. Uh, I actually, inspired by our fearless leader, Craig, I sought to find a struggling hotel and to try and fix it. So I met the owner of a the worst embassy suites hotel in the entire world. Uh, there's 258 embassy suites on the planet, and the worst one was located in this particular location that I that I ventured to. Um so I actually left behind my home my belongings and I took put my stuff in my car and drove out to this hotel sight unseen to live in this hotel, to work in this hotel, knowing that it was the worst one on the planet because I wanted to make a difference for this hotel um and for the people who worked there. So I went there and uh, you know, I was working seven days a week 17 hours a day just putting in the work number one trying to just run the basic operations of the hotel get the rooms clean check the people in we we're busy we we're under renovation it's the middle of summer um, but while also trying to fix the hotel so I had a lot of successes um, we reimplemented hot breakfast for the first time in almost two years um, increased our quality assurance score by over 30 points uh, with the brand um hired department heads that we didn't have, um, fired maybe 25 people, hired even more. Um, And uh, unfortunately, what happened was after about nine weeks, the owner of the hotel said that the progress was not fast enough for what he wanted to see at the hotel um, and ended up letting me go. Um, So Craig at that point said, hey, why don't you just come here and work with me in Redding? Um, and I think that's that that's significant because Craig talks a lot about God moments uh, and just moments that happen that kind of are significant and set you up for the future. And I think me going to this failing hotel and trying to make a difference and subsequently getting fired, yeah, it was, it was bad at the time, but what it allowed me to do was be unstable because I was technically homeless. I didn't have anywhere to live. and it allowed me to have already had all my belongings able to fit inside my vehicle. So when Craig made the call to me and said, "Come to Reading, I could deploy basically immediately because I was already unstable. I was I already had all my stuff able to fit in my car. The processes already had already been done. And I come with knowledge of what does it look like at the worst hotel on the planet within the brand. So I know that was a little bit long, but that's how I got here.
0: So you've seen the best and you've seen the worst as far as where you've worked. You've also, you've also been part of the best of success and you've been part of failure, mm-hmm. right? And I would imagine that your comfort zone has been tested Many times in this journey, based on your story, Uh, would I be correct in assuming you'd be one hundred percent? I don't. I've never been comfortable.
1: I've always been at the at always uncomfortable at all times, um, because I'm always pushing, learning, growing. Um, So yeah, I've I my comfort zone is always tested.
0: Right. And Dan, I think you and I in previous podcasts have talked about comfort zones, that we have to encourage people to step out of their comfort zones in order to perform to the best of their ability. Plus, you know, you might have, I know I've been stretched over all my years and my career outside of my comfort zone, where you stand there and you go, what am I doing here? Have you ever experienced that?
2: Certainly. Certainly. And I think we, d- we do um, push people out of our comfort zone, and, and speci- specifically at our property and with our culture, in an effort to have them grow. And it's the humanizing thing to do, to have them perform a task or teach them or show them or educate why a task is being done so that they can own it and be empowered to do it. So getting them out of their comfort zone to grow them forward is part of what we do to humanize the process of making profit. Um, and um, you know, a lot of people have been out of their comfort zones during COVID and coming out of COVID. I've changed my role at this hotel over six years, um, probably six different times in, in what I'm doing at the hotel. But it's within a structure and within an organization that is a culture that it's not a bad thing to change what you're doing. It's about finding your way for the best possible growth of that individual. And the secondary effect to that is, um, the positive collateral to that is profit to the hotel because you're putting somebody in a position where they can perform at their best with their happiness and that brings on trust that brings on um, affirmation in the individual they're doing a great job and they're contributing to something more and it brings them a, and it brings in in a profit standpoint it stops turnover and it keeps people in a happy place and drives revenue so absolutely it's interesting to hear hear your story mm-hmm. and for you to say you know um, that you almost relish being out of your comfort zone.
1: I w- oh yeah, I totally relish being out of my comfort zone. Um, and you know, it's it's sometimes it's it's difficult. Um, but then like I didn't even think until I'm like I'm realizing it now as I'm saying this to you guys that I have been out of my comfort zone for a majority of my hotel experience, um, which I didn't. Sometimes I don't remember that, and I have to remember that I've spent a lot of time thriving outside of my comfort zone um, but the more you do it the more you don't realize it so this has been a good reminder for me even already just by explaining it to you
0: well this show is humanized profit and profit as a strategy we talk about the r and profit is resilience and when you're pushed out of your comfort zone whether it's You have influence over that. It's a planned change or an imposed change. You have There's resilience because you have to bounce back from whatever that change is. And you have been in and out and in and out and in and out of so many properties. And as I said earlier, you've been part of success and part of failure. So your resilience, you've had to bounce back, bounce back, bounce back. And as you said, you don't even remember doing it. But resilience is a superpower, I believe, for business and for people because – as we're looking at our staff and we see people that are still <coughs> down, they haven't bounced back. Not all of us bounce back at the same time, the same way. So as leaders in an organization, we have to look at our team and why an employee is bouncing back so easily and why someone is not. They may not because that's where they want to stay. They wanna, they like being down in the dumps like that. That's what they're used to. Or they bounce back quickly because they're on the next thing so your comment is i you know in your career you're going 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 and you don't even remember you know or realize that you're bouncing back well part of that is your resilience and you are you're ready to roll you're on to the next thing you have to harness that and figure out why you're that way because gosh wouldn't that be amazing for you to teach that as your superpower as part of humanized profit and that's what happens here at that hotel you know, we we do that here, Craig teaches that. You have to be resilient, you have to bounce back. You can fail, fail quickly. You know, make bold moves, don't be fearful understand what your role is here, which performance is, but make sure that, that you know what you're doing, keep your eye on the prize, but if you're not sure, just make those moves and keep moving forward. And what an exciting culture to be a part of and to keep the human aspect in front of it. Would you agree?
2: I do agree. And, and the good news is that resilience is something that can be trained by living in a culture where, to your point, you tell someone you're protected to make that bold move. You're empowered to make that bold move. If you fail, it's okay. Fail quickly. Let's talk about what we learned and how to move forward. It's that talk. It's it's that encouragement um, that then provides that positivity so that resilience can occur. So if someone's down in the dumps, as someone that, as a leader in this culture, you would say, what am I? I am the problem. I need to connect with this person find out where they're, they're lacking in their ability to understand that they can do whatever they want here. They can be a part of the bigger picture here and encourage them to step out of their comfort zone and, and to get connected and involved with other things that might help them build resilience. So we just don't write somebody off for being not being resilient. We, we look at ourselves and say, what can we do to empower them or help them with that resilience? Um, because we want longevity of employee and their happiness. Well, and just a quick
1: anecdote on that here in 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 my new role, um, you know, I've been exposed to sales and food and beverage for the first time. and uh, th- that's extremely out of my comfort zone, even more so because I've been, although I've been resilient and out of my comfort zone for a long time, isbeth, it's been, it's been in rooms, so it's been within the box of maybe even a, a, another larger layer of a comfort zone that exists, uh, I guess, in in my own brain. So this is like completely new hotel, new state, away from family, new, uh, uh, don't know anybody except for a few people, and then also in a completely new uh, discipline for a. Volatile, recent acquisition of a new business mm-hmm. um, that doesn't have everything mapped out and ready to go. So um, I struggled with that. I had a a, um, a moment where you know somebody came to me and said, hey, you're not you're not doing a great job with this. Um, so i I spoke to Craig about it, and I said, "Hey, what do you think? Um, and he said that this is Navy seal training for you, um, that you needed to be, uh, in this role to grow, to get better, to learn. Um, and that I'm going to throw you in the water with your, your arms and legs tied up, and you're going to go in the water for longer than it would take most people to drown. And then you're going to get out and you're going to run 10 miles and you're going to stop every hundred feet and do a hundred push Um, and I know that sounds brutal, but it really, really, motivated me and now every day I literally I get up and when I put my suit on I think I'm putting on my navy seal uniform and I'm going to go and get better train grow um, no matter what it is that I'm doing here because I'm with the best of the best to you know and with the best of the best trying to be the best of the best myself however that looks Um and I I think that was One of the most significant things that Craig could have said to me in that moment, uh, just to remind me um, that even if it's harder, you're out of your comfort zone, that there's a bigger plan and that the best people have those battle scars if they've been through it and they came out on top. So that's not resilience. I don't know what is.
0: Well, absolutely, but here's the good news on that, too. It does sound tough, the Navy SEAL uh, analogy. It's great, and that is true, and he he will push you. If he didn't believe in you, he wouldn't push you like that, but here's the humanized piece of it. There's somebody in the water ready to catch you just in case, And, and that's what you have to remember, and that is the key to this strategy it's not just about profit and pushing someone to their limits to see how far they're gonna go but it is the humanized piece where you may not know that in that water is also a diver who is under the water ready to catch you just in case you falter
1: well and I will say this and this is he he said this to me in the same conversation as well which was you know at, as I said earlier I got fired from my recent role right he said over there you were fighting for your life here. You're fighting for your future and you don't have to worry about being fired or, or anybody. He said, you're going to be okay no matter what. Um, so yes, Navy SEAL, but 100% there is a diver in the water. Mm-hmm. And again, I will say in the past I was fighting for my life, just as I'm sure many people out there are, but here I'm not fighting for my life. I'm just fighting for my future. And I think that was, that was a, big aha moment for me too when he said that
0: right and so dan you know dan is here and his and i can speak you know i've worked with dan now for a while and dan looks out for for people you know that is your go-to that you will have your heart broken you will lead you will help you will strategize but you are people focused and kyle You know, you're not afraid to take chances and uh, Craig believes in you and you are, you are striving and you want to do good. You know, you, you, you're working your way into that servant leadership position. And again, that is humanizing the profitability of a hotel by hiring and putting people in the right places with the right characteristics and skill set in order to do so. And not only putting them in the right places, it may not even be the right
2: place at the start of it. Absolutely. A business that will find the right characteristics that are in alignment with our culture and harbor you in a position at a hotel that might not quite suit what you want at the time, with the understanding when there's an opportunity or even a job created for you in the future to grow you. And then that's the intent is to is to grow you. And again, it, it, the residual is profit mm-hmm. and and happiness. And so I, I'm I can attest to it because that is exactly what has happened to me here my, myself. I'm I am the director of business development for projects at a hotel in, in downtown Reading, Pennsylvania. How many single standalone properties have a director of business development whose projects are to, in a humanizing way, look for opportunity to create experiences for guests to make profit for a hotel? So that didn't exist. And I harbored in a food and beverage, as a food and beverage uh, leader for a while until we found the right niche for it to work. So you find those great people who can be a part of your, your formula for success, so you find these people with the right characteristics. You bring them in, you harbor them, you support them, their success, show them you're here to have growth, we're here to support you, not to look out for your failure, but to look out for your success, like you said, and find the place where they need to be. I was working on so many little things here that we just created a role in the hotel, director of special projects. Because, because there needed to be someone looking after the so many things that are going on in the hotel. And it just a role that just suited me. And the same will happen with you, and that's what, the, that's what the culture dictates. We brought you in because you were on a GM path to run a hotel, right? But you were brought in and harbored in a food and beverage area because we knew that by you uh, having the knowledge of food and beverage, they would, in the future, make you a more humanized general manager, to have empathy for the food and beverage department, not just front, hou- front of house and, and front desk and, and the rooms folks, but now to understand how the inner workings of a food and beverage department works so you can have that empathy and support and, and offer them um, what they need to be resilient and successful in food and beverage, which any other general manager who came up through the track you're originally on may not have. So the culture dictated, bring this guy in. He's got the right characteristics. He's got what we want will harbor him, will grow him, and the bigger intent, humanizing profits, is put him where he will land best for him, and that will also make best success for the hotel as well.
0: So, gentlemen, here's what I would like to do. I would like to create a part two of this uh, wonderful conversation because, Kyle, not only did you have a journey here work-wise, professionally with the hotel, but you also met Craig in a very unique way by doing a documentary on the hotel. So I would like to speak about that and uh, what that experience was like for you. Also, I would encourage our audience to check out your podcast series, Hospitality MD, and how that got started and where you're going with that. And if you would come back, I think we have uh, more to talk about.
2: Indeed we do. Yeah,
1: I'd be happy to be back. And that's another story of resilience as well. So looking forward to discussing that as well.
0: Absolutely. Dan, thank you for being my co-host today. And thank you for having me. No problem. Kyle, thank you for showing up. And as always, I'm Tony Reese. And uh, until next time.